Hello, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker, and we are Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. How's the week been going for you, Mark? Oh, it has been a good week. Uh, you know, some, some weeks you, you do less coding, and some weeks you can uh, really dig in and get more coding done. And this has been a really uh, deep in code, uh, solving problems, just... Um, and I think maybe we can talk about some of those things uh, that we hit as developers and kind of maybe approaches that we take to to coding those. What do you think? No, I think that's a good idea. And I'm really glad that it's been a good coding week. You know, I, I know those weeks are really enjoyable for me when I have them. Uh, not, I haven't had as many of those recently, but <laughs> they are, they're always great when they happen. Um, I think one of the interesting challenges when thinking about Coding for voice is that a lot of time, and probably coding for other things too, is that a lot of times we kind of fall into the trap of also then trying to do the design. So I think when we talk about when we talk about this, we kind of want to distinguish a little bit, and there's going to be overlap, yeah. but distinguish a little bit between designing the voice conversations and designing the, the voice flows and all, how all of that works and what we need to do on the back end to make sure it happens correctly. Right. Okay. And, and that's surprisingly difficult in some cases, I think. And, and <laughs> not difficult. You got to think about it more than you think. Yeah, and sometimes uh, less is more in, in the voice world. So you have to kind of figure out uh, some approaches that you may not have. Like, so for example, um, lists. Um, yeah. Like if you're writing <laughs> something like a web page or a mobile app and you make an API call and you get a list of, I don't know, hundred items, um, you just, you know, wire up the result to the, the, the list um, and you just show the list and you don't worry about it. Right. right. You, you just say, repeat this output object, however many times I have it. Yep. You know, and then, you know, you have different problems. Like when you start getting to the point like, oh, well, I have thousands and do I do paging and there's, you know, there, there's things like that that you, you get, but uh, we don't quite have the same uh, same issue with voice. We have different issue because we can't list a thousand things. Right. It just, it doesn't work. And, <laughs> or, and, or even a hundred. Or, or even, and our designers will have told us, you know, you can't do that. Here's how we do it. I guess when, when I think, and in fact, it gets even more complicated when I think about it, because normally when we're displaying a list visually, we have cases like I could either, you know, it's either I'm displaying nothing or I'm displaying something. Yep. Whereas the voice designer will have come to us and said, okay, we need cases for when you got no results back, when you got one result back, right. when you get two results back, when you get three results back, when you get more than three, but fewer than this maximum number that we want to give, and when you have more than that. So that's yes. like six different cases that we need to optimize for. Right. And then you you, know, you mix that with, and a lot of times it is it's figuring out, okay, I've got this list, but now I need to do something like with a speech builder or some, some way of building up the, the text to speech coming back. Um, and you have to handle singular versus plural, and you have to exactly. handle, yeah. um, you know, putting in the or. You might even have to space things with uh, like SSML break tags, or or make sure that you do commas, or even funky things like listing things with 
uh, a period after each one, something that you wouldn't display, but to get the extra pause in there that you want um, when listing mm -hmm. off items. Just to make sure it sounds correct. Yes. It's kind of like when you're you're building the visual list, the, the graphic designer says, no, I, I need just, just two more pixels there. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> can, can we change that drop shadow just a little? It's, it's but, the same sort of thing with voice. Exactly. Yeah. And then you also, uh, then you might have a display and so right. that you have to display it too. So then how do you, what, what do you display and, um, you know, how do you go through a list? Are you going to, I don't know, like I think of a couple of different situations. Like if you're searching for something and you get a back, a list of results back, it might be okay to present the top uh, two or three or four. Um, and, um, and, th and that's one case, but there might be something else where you're presenting a menu or a list of things, and you might want to show, uh, you know, tell them zero, one, two, or three um, items, depending on um, you know how many that are in the list. Or there might be like a definite list, and it might be a list of ten things or even twenty things that you have mm -hmm. to go through each of the lists and maybe do some sort of action on. Um, uh, and you might even you know navigate forward or backwards through a list via right. voice. And there's <laughs> and in some case, you know, you you talked about sometimes you'll be displaying it differently. You yeah. may, you know, display five items, but only talk about three items. Right. You know, so so what you hear may be different than what you need to show. So, yeah, so a good a good case of that, like if you've got a, an Alexa device, you can say, Alexa, list movies near me. And um and it will tell you the uh, four items and then tell you like, uh, do you want me to, you know, do you, want, do you want to hear more or whatever? And you can say, tell me more and it will list another four items. Um, and so it batches it um, four at a time. Uh, you kind of think about it, that as paging mm -hmm. um, from the voice side of things. But if you've got a smart display, it could show you, be showing you 20 or more movies. And as it's going through saying the name of each movie, Actually, on the smart display, it's scrolling uh, to position to show you which one it's talking about. Um, so it's it's quite a bit of a different experience um, whether you're just uh, you know doing a smart speaker versus um, something that has a display. Exactly, and you know for things like what we did with two voice devs, instead of presenting you the list at all, it just jumps right into the first one and you know right. tells you here's how many results there are, but here's the first one. So, you know, there are a lot of different ways that this can be presented, and some of them are going to depend on, you know, what your designer thinks and what's best for your particular market. But I think underneath it all, it goes back to the question of, okay, that's all design work. Mm -hmm. What do we do? How do yeah. we solve this problem of handling the data structures and handling the session and handling all of this so that we can give the results back. And how do we send the results back? Right. Wow. So um, that, you know, know that's what... all. It's it's simple. You know, little stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't. Let's let's talk about what are some of the things that you do, Alan, to to solve this problem. So for starters, I'm going to be talking about multivocal a lot. I'm sorry. Yep. And it, you know. No. Um. And, and part of the reason why I made multivocal the way that I did was because I started running into these questions. Yeah. And I wanted a toolkit to, that, that helped me with the answers. So for example, multivocal provides a way to determine levels and levels will let me do things like 
this set of responses is what it's going to be if there are no results. And this set will be for one and this for two and this for three and this for up to 10 and this for more than 10 or whatever. I can set the levels myself. Um, So that was one, one piece of the toolkit that I thought was essential. This way, when there were no results, I could use the, the, the templates that say, I didn't find anything or there was nothing returned for that search or, you know, Mix yeah, it up. Results. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for one, I could just either launch directly into it or say, here's the one results and prompt for it. If and there make were sure two, that you say results singular. Right. You say results singular. And then if there were two, you could say, here are the two results. Yep. You know, and for, you know, so, so it gave me the option of how I wanted to present it based on that number of results directly. No, that sounds good. That sounds like a good result. Um, so what do you do as far as like you make an API call? Do you just use the API and to, to build up the response and that's done? Do you, need, do you ever need to cache the result of the API call? It's a good, um, qu- that's a really good question. And some of it, it depends. So for mm-hmm. example, with, um, with Voodoo Drive, I don't cache, the, I, I cache some results. Right. So for example, when you ask for a list of your files, it goes and gets that list, but it then saves it so that you can reference it again in the future directly by name. But when it lists it, it lists it, it goes and gets a new one simply because you could have updated it since then. Right. Now, is that is that cached for just the session that you're currently on or is it cached for, for oh, in between sessions? Most times I just cache for the session. Um, that's a really good question actually. What what case? What have you done? Because usually I think of it. Mm-hmm. I usually think of things mostly in terms of a session, and in between sessions, I assume that things could have changed. But I guess I guess that depends. That's a really good question. Yeah. What do you, what do you usually encounter? So I usually, if, if I'm you know, caching something, then it's it's usually just for the session, and I'll either do one of two things. I'll cache it. I'll just you know set the array right in the the session attributes. Um, you, know, you can do that regardless of which framework you're using, if mm-hmm. you're using the Ask SDK or, or Jovo. Um, and then it's just there for the session. And when the session goes away, it goes away. Um, that's one approach. Uh, another approach that I take sometimes is that I actually just cache it in user storage. And then when I exit the mm-hmm. session or when I come back in, I just clear it away. Um, there, mm-hmm. There's Sometimes there's some reasons I don't necessarily want to worry about the round trip or keeping, you know, amount of stuff in there, or I'm already, um, you know, I'm already taking the hit to, to get the data back from user storage anyway. So there, there could be various reasons that, that I, I use user. Um, um, but yeah, I just usually cache it for the, the session. And then there might be some triggers. Like if I get a list and then um, somehow I'm iterating through and um, I'm doing something that would, you know, in essence, change that list, then I um, I delete the cache. And so then w- the next time it hits the code, it checks to see if it's in cache. And if it's not, then I go ahead and cache it again. So And then start the list over. So, yeah. you know, and that's actually an interesting point. When you think about going through a list, mm-hmm. you know, you might give three items and you'll, they'll say next. And then you give and you say, you know, here is the fourth item and so forth and so on. So you need not only to, to keep a cache of the list, yep. but also where they are in the list and what that counter is, because sometimes you'll need to say back, 
here's the 10th item. And you know what, sometimes you need to um, query the number of items, the max number of items that you want plus one, because then you might want to say you've got more than X number of items right. and do something even different. So yeah, it's, no. it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Have you hit that situation? I have. And, but, you know, I, I think of that in terms of um, like you do a Google search and mm -hmm. it'll say this is item, you know, one through 10 of many or one through 10 of oh. about 2000. And you're like, about 2000? <laughs> yeah. Do we not know? <laughs> and does it matter? Because nobody goes to the second page anyway. Yes. It's, it's good. It's, it's interesting because, um, yeah, you might want to, you know, like I say, you might want to list things, um, you know, like page them in the same, like one, two, three, and four, all in one response. You might want to say, you know, the first item is this, or, you know, maybe if it's even a list, you might want to say, you've got X number of items. Would you like to go through each item? Because um, maybe you need to, you know, not, maybe you need to get more information about each one of those things. And it's going to take a little bit to do that. Or maybe you need to take an action on something. So yep. you're going through the, you know, you know here's the first result. Um, you know, the first item in your order is this, would you like to do such and such? And then, then you've got like a little menu of different things that you can do in the context of that one item. And then you know, maybe you say something and then it actually makes an API call, comes back. And then when you say next, it goes to the next item. You can respond back and then it could be an API call. So now you're in the middle of iterating through a list. You're making an API call. So this is like one API call to get the list of all the items. And then when you're iterating through an API call to take some action on an individual item, but then that, then there could be an error during that. So, right. so what oh, do you do? Error handling is going to be something we have to deal with separately because that's that's a whole that's a whole other ball of wax. I mean, that's you know, how do you handle an error in the middle of a conversation? Do you yeah, so, start over? Do you, I, we're yeah. gonna have to we're gonna have to deal with that one another time. Yeah, but like in the context of lists, you might uh, you might have taken action on two out of ten items, right? And so then. You know, normally at the end of the list, you would say you have updated three items or whatever. But so then do you say, um, I'm sorry, I've uh, I'm not able to update this item at this time. You were able to update two items. Please try again later. And then like jump out of that iteration. And or... how do you identify which was done and which wasn't done? Oh, and that's, that's a separate thing. So um, I've kept like an array of IDs for the different items. So like if you were to take an action, then I just add that ID of things to that other list so that at the end of the uh, list, I can give a summary, just a, a count of how many items are in that second array um, and just say, oh, you've updated three items. It's being able to just, you know, maintain multiple lists to keep track of what's been done, what hasn't done, you know, these have been added to your cart, these haven't been, I need to try that again, you know, things like that. And it's especially complicated since for most of our work right now, we need to do round trips from between your speaker and the server and back. Yep. And do it within five seconds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. You know, you, you've got, and that's part of the reason why I cache things is because like maybe you need to, if, if you, you don't want to have to make the API call, even if you've got some paging logic um, where you can just get um, a certain number of items, it might be better to take to make one API call 
kind of at the beginning of the process and then um, already have that item uh, cached locally. Yep. So that you you don't have to worry about making an API call plus maybe a second API call um, uh, as you as you need to. So that's that that's kind of some of the advantages of of caching things. Yep. But it also points out, at least on on the Google side, part of it points out why you may not want to store it as part of the session environment or the user environment, but store it in a database instead. Mm -hmm. This way, if you've got something that, that does take a long time to do, if you need to make a bunch of API calls, um, you might you know, immediately reply to the user, okay, this is going to take a couple of seconds and then you know, either play some hold music or mm -hmm. uh, engage in you know, trivial conversation while you actually do the processing. And, it, um, and let that processing kind of go on in the background and then when it's done, yeah. you have that information saved in the database and you can say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, here's the results. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. So if there is opportunity to do things asynchronously as opposed to synchronously, um, then th that's always a, a, a good approach. If there's some backend processing, like you're placing an order, who knows what has to happen in the background in order for an order to um, happen. So you could say order submitted and yep. then, um, you know, check back later, uh, you know, or and I'll send that, you so a then, message. You know, one of your intents yeah. later on going to be, yeah. Yep. Or what's the status of my order? Or like the next time you come back in, it's like, oh, we've processed three orders, you know? Yep. And then there's another list that you get to go through and <laughs> tell people the three orders that they've, they've processed. So um, so, so another approach that I've taken, which is kind of interesting, I, I don't know if you've got much uh, experience. Um, this is in the Node world, a library called i18next. Um, we've, so, we've talked about i18next yep. a couple of times. Yep. Um, and again, it, it's it's similar to some templating stuff. So why don't you, you talk a little bit about how you're using it for... Now, I know in the past we've talked about it a lot, mostly in regard to a a singular and a plural response. Yep. So, so this is going to be kind of some some interesting uh, things, and and I'll have to uh, see if I can get together a, a, an example and post that here soon. But the the idea of I eighteen next is that you've got keys and you've got values, and when you and you know the keys are things that will get you to text that you'll return back as part of your text to speech. It's used all over the place. It's used on the web for um, you know, things that's going to be on your display. And this is a, a common technique for internationalization. Yep. yep. So you can, you know, you know have different files for different languages. And so you just, uh, uh, you know, sniff the locale and pick which uh, file you're going to show. Um, and then you, you know, all of your, you have the key, same keys are used everywhere and you use those keys in code and, and then uh, something translates those keys into the actual values that then get shown. Or in our case, a lot of times, Get spoken back. So there's lots of things that you can do, um, and like, and there's special naming formats for keys. So like, if you name a key, let's say you call it A, and then you do A underscore plural, um, then you can pass in a. Uh, you, you say this is the key I want. Plus, you pass in like a JSON object, and the item that would be in that JSON object would be count. It's a well-known, um, you know, keyword. And then you put the number of items, and it will pick the singular versus the plural form of it. So zero items, one item, two items. 
Um, that's so, how you deal with, with so plural that's a, pronunciation. That's how you do single, yeah. singular and plural. Well, there's another one that's called interval. And you can do a special format where you can uh, say, you know, parentheses zero. When the count is zero, then show this semicolon. Paren, when the count is one, do this. When the count is two, when the count is three dash INF, three to infinity, then do this other one. Um, and so then you can use nesting. That's something else that I18 Next lets you do. So you can then have a separate key that says, this is what you do when there's zero items, one items, two items, three items or more. Um, and there's even some array interpolation stuff so that you can not only pass count, but you can also pass in like a list of items. Let's say that your array is called items. Um, then you can say items dot zero dot whatever the property is. Mm -hmm. So now all inside of I18 next with this, this, the series of uh, nested keys and this interval, um, like I've, I've used this in uh, a game I'm, I'm hopefully we'll be shipping soon, uh, but it's, uh, it's like, uh, what can I buy? And so it's going to pass an array of different products that you can buy for in-skill purchasing. And that, that array could have zero, one, two, three, or more items in it. And so it's going to go ahead and just using this, this kind of um, templating syntax that IATNX gives you, then it will give you a sentence like, um, oh, come back later. There's no items for sale. Or um, you could buy item one, or you can buy item one or item two, or you can buy item one or item two or item three, right? So you can build up whatever the string is um, and that's all handled um, and is templatable. So then you can use that in different languages and, and even the ors and the commas and all that stuff um, is mm -hmm. all incorporated in that one file that can be translated. One of the things that I did with multivocal is I created a, a function and functions can be called directly from within multivocal's template called Oxford. So what it does is you give it an array and by default, it takes the items in the array. And if there's one item, it just returns the item. And if there are two, mm -hmm. it gives the two items with an and in between them. And if there's more than two, it gives the first n minus one items with a comma. Yep. And then between it and the final one, it's a comma and. So, you know, it, yep. it sounds correct. And you can change whether that should be a comma, whether that should be an or, you know, what an and exactly or, yeah. what you want to use. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly what you want to use there. Um, but it, it really simplifies building up a single sentence with short items. Now, uh, you know, the designers are going to tell you, you don't want long items there because no. that's going to sound awkward. Um, and one of the things that is new in a relatively recent version of multivocal is I've got kind of templates for the templates so that you can build up the pieces of the array using templates. Oh, okay. So, you know, if I was giving a list of items and their prices, you know, I might want to say something like, you know, game pack A for three credits, game pack B for five credits, or game pack C for seven credits. And the, the name and the price need to be templated into the for part. So, you know, each of those, that, that's two separate templates that I want to build up here. And so there's the template that's like A, B, or C. And then there's the template of what do you say for A, for B, and for right. C. Okay. 
So, you know, and, and it's tricks like this that, you know, these are things that we would have had to, to do in code. And the, the yeah. less we can do in code, the more we can put in these templates using I18 Next or multivocals uh, templating system with handlebars. I think the better, you know, it's going to make it easier for us as developers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, I remember when I first started out, I was like building strings up with just using st standard JavaScript string concatenation. And then there was libraries for like um, SSML builder so that you could, uh, you know, call multiple functions and that would build together the string. So there's, but those are all, you know, happening inside your code. So the fact that, you know, you can separate with I18 next and with multivocal, the, the, the text that's going to be um, spoken separate from the code, you know, and then, you know, like the next step would be, you know, a full-fledged content management system where you've got all these different parts and pieces well, and, and things. One of these days we're going to get around to discussing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's lots of good ideas in there. And I think pe some people are working on it. Um, but yeah, there's, that's a, always a, a good topic. So what other, what other tricks, I think, when dealing with lists, do you think it's really essential for people to think about? Oh. I mean, I, I think we've covered most of the major yeah. items is, is making, you know, think about carefully about where we're storing it and how we're managing that list. Um, and then the use of templates in one fashion or another, both to, yeah. to structure the, the pieces of the reply and then put those pieces together. And, and do that conscious of how many items are going to be in the list that we're responding. Those seem, you know, boils down to, I think those are the, the biggest things that we deal with with lists. I, I think you're right. And, and, and there's, I'm sure there's lots of other um, things that you have to worry about. You, you also, I guess, want to be careful on like how much information you return back in a list. And, um, and if you're iterating through, you might have a whole series of things like, um, you know, what about this or such and such, you know, you can, you can interrogate uh, different information about a, a specific item um, before going on to the next one, if you're iterating through them. Actually, so, that, that, that's a good point. One of the things that I think is common, you know, if you give a list of three items, users may want to reply with something like, give me the third one or tell me more about the third one. Well, what does yeah. the third one mean? You know, so we need to make sure, and, and I know that, um, Google's list management stuff takes care of some of that for you. Mm -hmm. um, does the does the Alexa side help you with that? Help you with, yeah, with order there's, anyway? there's a new um, type, and I, I think it might be select item uh, type, but you can say things like the first one, the middle one, the last one, um, uh, or the third item. So there's things like that. Um, Interestingly, I've had some challenges with that of late, hmm. uh, and it has to do with uh, something with, I think, what APL is trying to do, um, because there, are, there, there, there's actually like a known issue. If you say select number one, or you know select number X, then it doesn't work quite right with um, when you're using APL, and I'm not exactly sure. What it is, there are some built-in intents that, like when you're using APL, you can do scroll up and scroll down, and those are intents that you don't actually implement and that um, the device just handles. I was going to so, say, I, I imagine they're right on the device because, then you never see them. Yeah. So, so, but there is an issue, and so I've had to do some some interesting things, like, um, you know, like 
if I say number four, then actually I get the answer back because there's like this intent type has multiple different slots depending on what different different thing is. And um, so one of them actually comes back as like pound sign one. And then I have to like parse that to figure out that, that it's a pound <laughs> sign and that it's actually the number one. And then, and that's always interesting too, because you have to take, you know, if they say number one, number two, then there's the, always the subtract one to get the index. Right. If you're wow. then going into the array based on index. Yeah. So, I, so, but I, I think would, I think those are that yeah. I would love I'll to hear ahead. what other people are doing with lists and what you know. I know that uh, Andrew, who is a, a frequent contributor to Voice Lunch US and to Voice Lunch, is working on a lot of stuff with lists. So I'm really curious to hear what what and he's a frequent listener of ours. So hey, I'm really I'd really love to hear what Andrew has to say on this thought, and I'd love to hear what what anybody else thinks about lists and uh, you know. Maybe we'll revisit this question with with your thoughts, your ideas, your questions about lists on a on a future version of Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, everybody. Have a good week, Mark. Yeah, you too, Alan. Thank you. <laughs>